The commencement of the 2022 rainy season in Nigeria has been accompanied by reports of flooding in parts of the country, especially in the coastal cities of Lagos and Abuja, Nigeria's capital. In May, authorities announced that over 400 local government areas would experience varying degrees of flooding across 32 states and the federal capital territory. The alert was issued as part of the country's annual flood outlook advisory by the Hydrological Services Agency. It is predicted that 233 local government areas could face what is described as highly probable flooding, while 212 local government areas are at risk of moderate flooding. Coastal flooding was also predicted in some areas due to tidal surges and a rise in sea level. The warning is designed to provide relevant actors with data to prepare mitigation and also response plans which could avoid death and severe destruction. Hello, welcome to The Crisis Room, a podcast from Human Angle. I am Miriam Mustafa. In this podcast, we look at crisis trends across the country and answer the tough questions around them. This week, I'm here with my colleagues, Murtala Abdullahi and Mansir Mohammed. Thank you, Mariam. Today, we'll be looking at the potential impact of severe flooding in the country and the factors behind it. We'll also look at the potential mitigation and response plans to prevent occurrence of these major disasters, such as destruction of farmlands, homes, and public infrastructure, as well as the sad loss of lives during such incidents. Murtala, as you mentioned, Nigeria has gone through some pretty major disasters due to the impact of severe flooding, which is associated with heavy rainfall. For example, in 2012, when large area of land was submerged across several states, reportedly killing over 400 people and displacing 1.3 million others. According to Nigeria's National Emergency Management Agency, the disaster cost the country billions of dollars in damages. So actually, the 2012 uh, flooding was extreme in terms of its impact and the devastation that it caused across communities uh, in the country. Uh, But Nigeria has also continued to experience uh, massive flooding and also humanitarian crisis associated with it. Uh, So, for example, in 2019, over 200,000 people were said to have been affected by floods, and more than 150 were actually uh, killed also in in that uh, year. That's truly a sad and devastating situation, especially for vulnerable people living in poor and low-income communities. We should also not forget the impact on farmers. For instance, back in 2020, Farmers in Kebi lost billions of naira worth of product after thousands of hectares of their farmlands and houses were submerged in affected communities. There are also the effects of flooding in IDP camps where families suffering the impact of violence have to take refuge in makeshift shelters. Yeah, actually, when you look at the situation, the diversity in terms of the impact on the people, uh, whether in terms of the farmers and also in terms of displaced persons and communities like uh, in camps, for example, in Borno State, uh, where people have had to flee their communities because of the Boko Haram insurgency. So you find out that they actually bear a lot when the rainfall starts. Uh, their makeshift uh, shelters get either destroyed, their, their camps get flooded, 
which increases uh, challenges that they face, especially in terms of water, uh, health, and sanitation. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you also look at in the other part, uh, urban areas, the impact is also different. When you look at places like Lagos and Abuja, uh, this is partially because of uh, human activities in terms of uh, settlement buildup and also the lack of efficient drainage systems in these areas. So for example, earlier this year, Human Angle looked at the reasons uh, why the coastal city of Lagos and also the economic uh, hub of Nigeria was actually facing constant flood weeks. Uh, a lot of times you see people post videos online about uh, severe flooding, uh, knee level where people have to navigate uh, through uh, high high waters and also how it disrupts social economic activities in the state. And so that report looked at this uh, extensively. Mm. A sad situation indeed. The report also highlighted the effects of destroying natural flood mitigation systems. To share more insights on the factors that increase vulnerabilities is Human Angle GIS Specialist Mansur Mohammed. Mansur, what's increasing the risk? Is it climate change, human activities, or would you say it's a mixture of both? Okay, Mariam, I would say both natural and artificial means are causing floods in Nigeria. Although we have vulnerability that are attributed to the natural causes of rainfall, which can also be traced back to climate change or just normal climate variations that occur from time to time. But in Nigeria, the major causes of flooding, as we know, it's human-induced, where Mm -hmm. people build in floodplains and use improper drainage system. This leads to submergence of communities, leading to destruction of lives and properties in these areas. Uh, so what, what you're trying to say is that uh, we have a lot of human activities that's contributing to this disaster apart from the impact of climate change. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Yes, exactly. Human activity is a very significant part of what is causing uh, flooding in these areas. Okay, Muritala, what can the authorities do to mitigate and prevent the problem? So like Mansur was earlier stating in fact when he talked about the fact that uh, it's also about climate variability and also human activities and so the response from authorities will have to be multifaceted in terms of both short, long-term and medium-term response. Uh, so one of it will also have to be about providing awareness and that's why this data is provided by the hydrological services of the mm-hmm. country. Uh, secondly, it's also about better improvement in terms of the drainage system. Some of them require uh, removal of dirt that have been put in uh, in those uh, junior systems uh, also evacuation of people from high risk areas and then we're putting in place reinforcements uh, whether it's in terms of sandbag, sandbags uh, to stop flow of water or stop water from overflowing banks but these are actually just short term measures uh, we, we, uh, as Mansu mentioned in terms of some of these drivers they require long-term measures uh, some of these long-term measures improve building better and more efficient drainage systems protection of the natural flood control systems whether in terms of the wetlands the forest areas we need to protect these places because they also serve as sponge uh, to regulate uh, flooding the other one is also in terms of uh, regulating human activities, uh, especially in terms of urbanization. Uh, how do we ensure that people build properly and they don't build on floodplains? Mm. Mansur, is there something else you would like to add to the list of things that can be done to mitigate this problem? Awareness is a major part of this mitigation process. We need to convince people that the way they live, the way they 
dispose of their solid waste and the way they build in floodplains is affecting these uh, cases of flooding. It's, exacerb- it's exacerbating the impact, leading to not only the loss of life from the flood, but also associated loss of life from um, diseases that may be attributed to the stagnating water that is left behind after this flood. And we can see these cases in northern Nigeria where we have cholera outbreaks that are associated with floods. Places like um, Yobe, Adamawa, they have high cases of flooding directly related to the impact of flooding in the areas. Thank you, Mansur, and thank you, Murtala. Hopefully, this would serve as an awareness to people. This is an episode of Human Angle Crisis Room. Thank you for listening. I am Maryam Mustafa. Join in next week for another episode. Members of our production team are Tracy Allen Ezechuku, Murtala Abdullahi, and Anthony Asemuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Salkida. <laughs>